everybody, you are listening to Contemporaries, the podcast. We're I back. tried to change it up because last week you tried to play me, <laughs> <laughs> like I be sounding like a little tween. I am a woman, you hear me? A okay, woman. <laughs> I'm um, so excited to be back. Yes. We're happy to have you back. Yay, yeah. I guess in private practice, I'll talk a little bit more about my trip to Atlanta, my little sabbatical, my first sabbatical. Yeah. It, they're so necessary. Everyone deserves sabbaticals. Yeah, like take the time out to work in your practice. It's important. Yes. Um, so, you guys listening will hear a bit, you know, different as far as the quality of this podcast. We're using a different mic yes. than normal, so... A Yeti mic. Yeah, so our voices might be a little bit more clear. However, you might also hear, like, the wind blowing and the red line driving by. You might hear, um, our lovely dog barking, but from outside or from, like, behind the door or something. But that's um, just all aesthetic. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that's the urban life, honey. Right, right. Um, but yeah, We're so... We're live again from Rogers Park. Yeah, we only in Rogers place. Park. Um, I was really hoping it was going to be as sunny and warm as it was what yesterday. Yesterday was beautiful. I was out, I left the house at 2.30. Really? And I didn't get back into the house till 9.30 this morning. And mm-hmm. like, that's what you call the beginning of <laughs> the, hot summertime the, the, the beginning of dango season. The beginning <laughs> of... The potting. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, to wake up this morning and, you know, yesterday's clothes and it'd be 35 degrees, <laughs> I was cold. Yikes. What the fuck? But no, it's okay. I woke up this morning a bit late, um, like always. Wow. And, like, I looked outside and I realized that I was like, my, my neighbor's back door was open. I was like, they, I was like is that back door open or I could just see through, straight through their house? And I'm looking because I'm nosy as shit. Ooh. And I see them walk out and they're walking out in full ass coats and a hat. And I was like, oh shit, bitch, it's cold. Let me, let me grab my yeah, coat. Don't even play yourself. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's cool. It's April. Like, I knew when I got back to Chicago and it was like decent weather, like, I knew that that was just a blessing. Like, I'm not naive enough to believe it's like April and it's good weather outside. Like, Girl, this weather is for the birds. It's I here till May. Let's I'm ready to move to Houston. I feel that. I'm really thinking. I've been thinking. Just about for the it. chance to see one of Megan and Stallion cities, huh? I mean, <laughs> I want to twerk with Megan Thee Stallion. She should have put me in a big old freak video. I would have put on a lace front and twerked in the name of health. Just I'm a twerked. Big freak. <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah, you we're know. so excited. Let's get into this week's episode. So we're gonna have our weekly critique. Is is yes? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a pretty valid critique. Um, we're or, or a conversation. So um, you know, within the past um week or two, there's been a lot of very numerous things that are happening or Very have happened. numerous. Um, a plethora. One of them being the death of rapper Nipsey Hussle. Um, is it Hussle? It's Hussle, not Russell. Because Russell is the one from 3-6 Mafia. Um, uh, is yeah. it by name Nipsey Russell in 3-6 Mafia? Not 3-6 Mafia. Oh. Um, Bone Thugs and Harmony? Hmm. I have, I've heard recently that Nipsey Hussle gets his name from um, something Russell. from The Wiz. Oh, is it from The Wiz? Yeah. Oh, girl, I don't know. Um, so, you know, that happened, but then also just, like, life. Um, so, within this conversation, I I would love for us to, um, really think about, um, accountability and how we hold people accountable. And Um, I I think, like, I just kind of, like, because I think this, what I'm going to say is, like, very powerful today, and, like, I don't know, I think it was important for me to, like, curate what I said, and basically, Mm -hmm. when I was still in Atlanta... Granted, yes, it was the first day of my period, whatever, but these are emotions I've been having for a long time, since December 22nd, like, this thing happened to me, and I've been, like, grappling with it for so long, and, um, so, anywho, I tweeted, 
Um, I do not support Trap House Chicago. I was yelled at by the owner, and my life has been a mess ever since. I stood up for myself and did not feel protected, and that's why I'm here in Atlanta rebuilding my life. I'm tired of being silent. My community failed me, and I'm done being silent. And then, you know, I'm just sassy. Then I go, I'll be back in Chicago on Saturday, and I'm not going to be quiet about my anger. That's that on that. I try really hard to be respectable and not angry, but I am fucking angry. A grown-ass man yelled at me, and it literally ruined my life because I made it known that I was offended. It's beef, and honestly, on site for anyone who wants that. And though that's, like, super, like, passionate and, like, not, you know, it's not, I'm not fighting nobody. It's, like, not on site, but... Um, the truth is, I so publicly um, supported and rallied behind Trap House Chicago yeah. that it's important for me. I got this platform, and like things happened to me that shouldn't have happened to me. So the same way I supported Trap House is important for me to denounce that, and like me denouncing Trap House and saying I don't support Trap House, like take that what you want. Like I'm not saying y'all shouldn't because beyond the owner and like this bad thing he did I get the purpose of the brand beyond, um, beyond your personal right, experience right I get and that's why I supported it so heavy but basically what's been happening is people come because I was such a liaison people have continued to reach out to me in regards to Trap House Chicago and I don't support that brand anymore yeah. I don't associate with that brand no more and I have this platform so why would I not speak up because I mean I don't think the owner has been held accountable mm-hmm. um we were part of this community, all these like couples, like these young couples, me and my, like me and my ex are broken up. Um, he and he has a, a woman and then another, like two more sets of friends of ours. And like, um, I don't think that there's been like this real accountability because I mean, like the store is still up and running, like it happened inside the store. Um, but bigger than anything, like I don't, I haven't talked about this. Right. This thing happened to me and I haven't talked about it. Um, for sake of what, like, as I said, like, not wanting to look angry or not wanting to look like I'm hating because, like, this is, you know, a young black man, mm-hmm. a brand that is seemingly doing something good in the city, but that doesn't, like, take away from the fact that, yo, this nigga, like, tried me and I made like, it he, known he that he tried me. He yelled at you as if you were a child. Yeah, I'll give, like, so basically, um, it was the opening day of the new store, the second store. Um, it was the store owner's birthday, and as I said, we have been really good friends. Me and his girlfriend go out to the car to go get a cake to surprise him for his birthday. Um, and I, I've, so many times I try and like be like, oh, I can understand, but it don't make sense. Like literally, we come from the car. I have this cake inside of a scarf. Um, literally, I we we go to the back to go put candles on it. He comes from like this back room um, through a door, like up on me, like aggressively. Kyle, what the fuck are you doing, yo? At, at this opening, there's hella people in the front, and dead ass, I am lighting your birthday candle cakes. Right. And so there's so many layers to this story because I was in abusive relationships in college, and people who know me know that. Um, so when that happened, um, you know, in retrospect, what happened is I had just, um, what's the word? I had just, like, settled within myself these abusive relationships and I hadn't really healed from it mm-hmm. so like that's the thing but also like you know since my last abusive relationship was my junior year in college no man has like talked to me crazy right. to have to resurface these things so I was very vocal that night like to my boyfriend and to everyone who was in attendance um yo Mashaun yelled at me um it didn't make me feel good and I understood it not being addressed in that moment because it's his birthday it's right. the opening night like, I get that I feel great. that so weeks pass because um, we're not able to communicate with him or his girlfriend because their phones are off. 
Um, and then finally, like, he hits my ex up on, like, New Year's Day or whatever. They chit-chit-chit-chatting. At the end of the conversation, I'm like, oh, did you, like... Because we haven't talked to him since this thing happened. Mm-hmm. Did you talk to Michonne about, like, he yelled yeah, at me on the mm-hmm. 22nd. And my boyfriend immediate... Or my ex's immediate thing was... um we're in a community together. This is something that you and Mashani need to heal yourselves. No, but He grown! I mean, granted, I, I feel like this. I feel like that response from your ex saying y'all need to heal yourselves is pretty much... It's a bit. It's an immature um, response. It feels like my name is Bennett and I in it right, type right, of shit. Right, right, right. When in all actuality, all the thing you were asking is like, you're a man, mm-hmm. I'm your partner... You and this, you and this other man are to some extent close. Right. Cool. All I'm asking for you to do is to just like I ain't tell you go check him on some my nigga what's good. Right. But like just let him know that like the way in which you approached my woman was was uncomfortable right. for her. And I want to hold you accountable for that. In which I feel like um, specifically with men, um, a lot of straight cis hetero men. Do not under do not like holding people accountable mm-hmm, or do not like to be held accountable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or it's like when people call them out, right. they're very much I say what I say. Right, right. And, and that's I just how feel it like became after so this is two weeks after the fact, three mm-hmm. weeks, four weeks. I'm my ex is steady they have a business relationship and that's why again this goes into accountability. My ex not wanting to like put any type of riffraff in between like this, he's this about business himself. right this business that we got and he his whole thing is he just yelled at you like he didn't push you he didn't do but this, to he yell didn't at somebody for no reason unprovoked. can still be a, a, a um a trigger like it's, you don't know people's like, and the thing about me is my emotional intelligence is on like seventy thousand. Mm-hmm. so it wasn't that he yelled at me you know, so he yelled at me, and I made that known. And then, like, a week later, I'm, like, washing dishes, and, like, that vibrates through me. Like, right. that yelling at me is this is still, like, in my bones. It's, like, become a part of my, like, molecules. Like, that sounds so ridiculous. Yeah. But then I'm, I'm vocal about that. I'm like, yo, I'm still feeling a way about Michonne yelling at me, and I'm certain it's because I was in this abusive relationship. And, like, I'm not healed from that. And, like, mm-hmm. that's, like, something that I'm working on myself. But also, like, it had been, what, four years? Like, because if I'm not being abused or being triggered, I mean, and that's not an excuse because, like, you shouldn't just, like, seek help when you're triggered. Like, you should be healed from that. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is, in all this time, that that stuff wasn't resurfacing. It wasn't this part of my life until she, this person yelled I, at me. I also feel like, like you were not putting... I mean, and this is no way at all pointing the blame at you at mm-hmm. all. But just, like, you consciously was making sure you were never in a space in which you right, felt... Right. Felt like you were in harm's way, By a man. or that you would be triggered, right. or anything, or like that past trauma would come up. Right, right. And I just feel like, um, like that experience was trash as fuck. Like I, like granted, like we all do things and say things that could upset people or trigger right, people. Right, right. Um, but I, I do think it's just how we, how we step back and, and rethink these actions exactly. is very important. And I yeah, feel like a lot of people don't do that. You and then like so there's like a way longer timeline of him calling and apologizing, but the apology was four weeks later. It came with if I hurt you. It also came with I'm calling because Hakim and someone else told me to call you. So like you're calling me because everyone else is telling you to. And then ended it with saying 
I really would have called earlier, but it just wouldn't have been genuine. So your grown ass talked to me like a motherfucking crazy person, and like you ain't think it was gonna be genuine. And then it's like, so what is accountability in this situation? Mm-hmm. And like I'm just out of space now. Like I'm like so much has happened because of that, and like people can like you can't. I guess I can't sit here and be like, oh, like my relationship ended because of this thing, but like it was this huge pile of shit on top of like stuff that was already like going on as far mm-hmm. as like me and my boyfriend's like schedules and all these things and then this thing happens and this person that like I, I I give so much to and you can't even dead when something like it's not even like this is like black and white like buddy yelled at me mm-hmm. like I don't there, it shouldn't be not only yell but also use profanity it walked up on me like was on that with me because I had a fucking birthday cake in my hand like you don't go I'm gonna throw the cake in yo, the and that's, face yo and that's what like in retrospect I'm always like I wish I would've threw the cake on him I would've said bitch what the fuck you want I wish I would've done that but again accounted like what, what what would that have been what would that have done to me at his party at his space you know so right. um, yeah like so what does accountability look like and like I'm just in a space where like me talking about it, me being vocal, like, um, on on their Instagram page, it was pictures of me, because, like, I supported this brand, and I went on the page, and I said, take this down, I don't support you, you, like, claim to be a community healer, and someone who, like, I brought, I'm, like, the, I initiated my friend group, like, buying their baby crib, a fucking $375 baby crib, and, like, it is, like, I, I did a lot, like, when the last trap house closed, I spent $100, like, I be spending money on this shit, so it's, like, I supported this, and accountability to me is to be, like, because someone hit me up recently asking for, like, their art back from the space, yo, I don't fuck with them no more, someone recently was, like, oh, I want to, like, put him on this, like, registry, hit him up, because I don't fuck with him, and I think... I have this platform, and these are. It's a, this is a conversation about arts ultimately because I believe he wasn't held accountable because of the fact that he has this brand that so many people are trying to like work with. He wanted to do some poems. Someone's let's call. Oh, we're gonna ignore. We call someone's calling me, but he want to work on some poems. Um, but yeah, that's that's what that's what this is, and like I hope people like do with this as you want. Like yes, he yelled at me. Um, a lot of things in my life changed because of it, and I still don't feel as though the the way that he tries says that he builds community and is like this pillar of the community. It don't. I don't feel like I got that when you know he did this terrible thing to me. Um, but that's ooh, perfect. I'm sorry. We're we're in the middle of texting something, but and that's like and so I was talking to my ex about this, and he was like, "Well, what are you gonna get from like talking about this on the podcast?" And it's like, "Yo, I had a platform and like." Ultimately, like I, I so mm. I was going so hard about trap house. So that I feel like I feel like that question right. was more so him thinking about like him, him. His it's a, it's also a, it's a selfish. It's a bit selfish, right? I feel like <clears throat> you being vocal about it for one is a healing is a healing thing for Honestly, you. Honestly, because people now don't ask me about trap house. Don't. Mm-mm. And I do. I feel so much better now. And like angry a little bit because I think a lot of shit happened because do you know the craziest thing is this nigga could have yelled at me that same night it could have been this community that you know we like have been calling ourselves this like group of friends we could have sat in a circle it could have been Mashawn don't you ever do no shit like that again and we'd be in a much different space but for you to call me four weeks you've been you've been talking talking to my ex seeing him you know for the last two weeks and then to call me Two weeks, so it's two weeks no one heard from you. Mm-hmm. You see my ex for two weeks, and he been telling you to call me. You called two weeks after my ex tell you to call me, and you saying some if, and, like, it's just, yeah. And, and you know, I'm no 
Angel, I said after this was a five week process, week five, I was on that with this nigga. I was calling him a coward. I was cursing him the fuck out via text messages. And like, hey, you got a platform, talk shit about me. Um, or hold me accountable on your platform. But I was hurt so badly to a woman who is so in tune with her emotions, who is letting people that she loves, people that she like hella support, like go hard for, mm-hmm. know that this other person in our community like resurfaced like these feelings of like trauma and like aggression and like everyone's thing was like, um, I talked to Michonne about it. Why no one talking to me? Like, and, and then everyone in retrospect is like, oh, I didn't know how hard it hurt you. But that's what accountability is. Me have it should be as simple as this man yelled at me. Mm-hmm. Let's check that. It shouldn't right. have to be no conversation of I didn't know how intense it made you feel or anything. That's not accountability. Like you, you yelled at our friend. This is a community matter. Like let's all check this. Um, but yeah, I, I do. I do feel so much better. There's no reason I need to be silent about this. This at thing all. happened to me, and I don't support the brand. And like yeah. I don't want people Period. asking me about it. Like that's just the truth. And. If you publicly support something, I think it's your right to be like I know who I know who support. And it's no like God bless him. I, I wish the best for him. I fuck with the brand. I so do. to add to that, um, because I love that you just said that. I feel like we as people get um get some things misconstrued, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like when uh, let's say when you publicly disagree with something, people People, people already think like I feel like when you disagree with something publicly, people think you're hating, mm-hmm. right? Or you're being, being rude, a right? Um, and which I feel like it's not always the case. People just don't fucking get it, right? right. So, because well, let me just break that up. My really good friend who I love and like I get why she called me after I tweeted that that night. She called me the next morning and was like, "You good?" Um, basically, like she had because she, she knows the situation. You. And she's just like, I've never seen you be that vocal about it. Um, and I'm just like, okay, I feel you and I get why you're calling me because, like, Twitter rants are this one thing. But also, mm-hmm. like, it's so crazy to think that, like, something must be wrong with me because I'm, like, telling the truth. Yeah. So openly, like, literally, like, these ain't lies. These are straight facts. Yeah. So I guess I can talk about, um, so, with again, like I said at the beginning, Nipsey Hussle was murdered, right? Um, on of all days, the Transgender Day of Visibility. Um, I made a post on Facebook on this day. Granted, I'll take I'll take accountability for my action of Buzzer. posting this on the day, the, that, the day he that he died, but not only the day, but like within the hour that he was murdered. Mm-hmm. I'll take okay. Please, I'll take and that's what emotional intelligence is. I'll take accountability for it. But I was, but, but, so like he, he, he was murdered. I posted on um, Facebook, um, and I never said a name, which is I, I enjoy. That's my way of being petty and passive. Is like make a comment but don't say a name. Mm-hmm. Some people start to be like, yeah, I don't know even who I'm talking about. But Aww. it was evident who I was talking about. And I posted, um, oh damn, a homophobe was murdered today of all days. Mm-hmm. Well, carry on. And that was just my comment. Right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, people took that as if I was being the most disrespectful person in the fucking world. People, because of, like, honoring life. Well, it was just like, oh, but he was doing so much for the community, mm-hmm. yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Which, for one, I want to I wanna just say this out front, because y'all niggas be killing me with this. Mm-hmm. 
when someone's doing something for a community, that doesn't mean they do something for all communities. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He was doing stuff for the greater community of Los Angeles or mm-hmm. Compton or South Central, wherever he was right, from. Right, right. Those things that he was doing for that community does not benefit the black society, a black community as a whole. Mm-hmm. Only thing it does is shows that when niggas get money, they do stuff good for their mm-hmm. local community. Right, right, right. And on that behalf, I, you know, I'm happy that he was able to do that to change people's lives. Mm-hmm. On another hand, Nipsey Hussle during the summer of 2018 posted an image on Instagram. It was him and I guess a whole bunch of men and a bunch of their mentees. And the comment said um, something about, like, the, the caption said something like, um, the media will never show this. Instead, they keep showing us homosexuals, rapists, um, rapists drug dealers, like, women abusers. Right, like, like, and like, as someone, as someone who is a black queer person, right, I didn't appreciate the fact that he put homosexuality in the same category as people who are abusers, mm-hmm, as people mm-hmm. who are rapists, as people who are hyper-masculine, I mean, or not hyper-masculine, hyper-violent, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. Right. Because we're not in that same category. Right, right, right. Right? Um... And at first, I was like, okay, when he first made the, when he first made that statement, mm-hmm. I was just like, let me see how he handles this. Okay. And we, this is how I take all hip-hop artists, specifically black hip-hop artists, whenever they make blanket homophobic statements. Right. Let me see how they retrieve themselves, if they learn from this mm-hmm. experience. Mm-hmm. And if they don't, then, I'm a, then I'll commence to fucking drag. Mm-hmm. When he was approached about it, he said something about, I said, like, I stand my ground, um, that's not what I said, but I stand, but, but I said what I said, but he never clarified what he meant. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So my whole thing is, that was you saying, I said what I said, I'm not changing what I said. Mm-hmm. I took that, myself and a whole bunch of other black queer people took that as like the, like a, a big form of disrespect. Mm-hmm, like you mm-hmm. pretty much just called us all like, mm-hmm. it, it felt as if the same way it feels when people keep trying to put pe- pedophilia, P, P in the LGBT. Like, no. Yeah. Pedophilia is not a sexuality. Right, right. It's a mental disability. Right. Granted, people are going to argue up and down. No, it's not. Those people are probably pedophiles. Mm-hmm. Um, and granted, if we think about the history of queerness in America, um, pre-Stonewall, to be homosexual in America was to be mentally challenged. Mm-hmm. Like, yep, you, mm-hmm. you were actually considered mentally ill, and, mm-hmm. they, and they were actually able to put you in a mental institution yep. for being openly gay. Um so, you know, I made that statement. People were really mad. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I actually received a few death threats about it. Oh, wow. And um, I think um, even, like, I saw you post that and, like, didn't feel a way because, like, I don't know, I think, and you even said it, like, if you see something and you don't like it, just keep strolling. Like, it, it's not this thing. Yeah. But also, Crystal made a great point on the read last week when it was just, like, you can't, like, if... If the LGBT community or the people who spoke out feel this way because Nipsey Hussle says some shit, like... That's their prerogative. Like, but and I think that's what we need to police people's feelings. Right. That's where we need to get to. Like, stop. Like, Twitter is not a place to be policing. Like, I talk mad shit on Twitter, and the second and people know that's what Twitter is. So to hop into <laughs> someone's mentions when they're talking mad shit, you just on bullshit. Like, you don't you you know that that's not gonna be a constructive situation. Exactly. You know that. Exactly. But like, I I found death threats from people you knew were like random ass. Death threats from people who I did not know. Mm-hmm. 
a lot of people I know, uh, um, specifically from back home in Detroit, were like the most hated. Trying to police you. Trying to police me, saying, "Oh, you're disrespectful. You're rude." Some people's like, "Oh, of all the things that man did, you you gonna talk about? Did you can talk about his doctor his doctor Sibby documentary?" And what your comments gonna do? Nothing. Let's, like, for one. He had not even fucking started Dr. Sibby yeah. documentary, so y'all can all fall the fuck back. Yeah. Um, but I, I for one, am a strong believer of holding people accountable in life and in death. Mm-hmm. The same way how currently people are, currently how Oprah and people in her camp are holding Michael Jackson accountable for the alleged um, molestation of little boys. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Michael Jackson's been dead for 15 years, probably not 15 mm-hmm. Actually. A little over 10 years he's been dead. No clue. I mean, I remember I was in high school yeah. when he died. Mm-hmm. So a little over 10 years, and they're still holding him accountable. Right. You yeah. know? And I think that you said it, like, people don't like being held accountable. But, like, yo, I want for people, like, I was a bully in high school, low-key, to little girls who was dating, like, my exes and stuff. So, like, when I pop off and these girls want to, like, make a YouTube channel and be like, Kyle used to, like roll her eyes at me and, like, brought my ex's toothbrush to school one day to, like, bully me. Like, do that. Like, that's important. Like, because what happens is when we don't hold people accountable, like, they sit here and they don't, don't think they shit stink. Like, yeah. they don't, they do these things and perhaps they, like, for one second feel as though, oh, I did this bad thing. But because no one spoke out against this except maybe the victim, no one in my community spoke out about how this hurt them, then they don't understand. And, like, I don't, I don't get that whole, like... Right. For people in, like, granted, and you took accountability, like, timing is a thing. But also, like, yo, like, why are you mad at a queer black man upset that y'all are rallying behind a black man? Y'all say do so much for a community, but, like, since when isn't your queer black body a part of the community? Right. And I think that's why it's like, like, just... I I also think, um, I mean, this is a whole other conversation, Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of times when people talk about the black community, especially cis hetero people talk about the black community, I'm also I'm often weary of what they specifically mean. Because right. often when they say the community right, or right. for the culture, they're all they're never really including like it's never really an all encompassing term. Right, they're not right. including like black queer people, black trans, black mm-hmm, femmes, mm-hmm, black women. Mm-hmm. Black anything that's other right, than right, cis right. hetero, often cis hetero man, and I just society yeah. Norm. So like whenever I hear people say the community, I'm like, what community? All of us, or right. just like specific people right. who you feel who you deem to be respectable Worthy. in your eyes, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I think that's what accountability is like holding people who are like quote unquote like this higher tier social class to a certain standard mm-hmm. when it's people who can't help you who like are being victimized or like who've been hurt um, yeah yeah um, and I think that that even helps like this conversation about community maybe it's a Definitely. stretch but I want to talk about Claudia Ray King citizen in this conversation about oh, accountability right mm-hmm. because they, they get the book away from so, right <laughs> that my first semester at SAIC that was the book that they were pushing and like I'm reading this book and I couldn't quite put my finger on like what the fuck like I was feeling like you know I feel I was feeling very imposter syndrome like you know I'm in this MFA program like really I'm just this black girl who like been writing books on her Dale notebook I'm not I didn't feel like an artist or whatever Mm -hmm. so I'm reading this book and like it's all these white people raving about it and I'm like there's something wrong with this book and finally I get into some black spaces and one of my professors was like denouncing the book like heavy heavy because it's this fucking book of microaggressions and I keep 
I'm, I'm understanding that's microaggressions, but I'm not understanding why this don't feel good to me. And it's because she never holds anyone accountable. Yep. She writes this entire book about all these white people in her life who she calls friends, people she loves, who are constantly like, so for one example, um, she has a friend who would always call Claudia by her maid's name. And Claudia asked would never check her, her black maid. So her white friend would be hanging out with Claudia, who was her friend, her peer, and would call her by her black maid's name. And Claudia, she the, the whole book is her just typing these things, these situations, but never being like friend or whoever you are, like that ain't my name, stop calling me my name. And in fact, I know you're calling me that because we're both black and like, then this bitch, you came to her, you went to her speech, right? We go no, to the, oh. I, uh, so I didn't go to the speech because okay. I was TAing. Okay, so Imani, a great SAAC student, tried Imani to hold her accountable. This poet, um, writing the poet, student? Okay. BFA student. She tried to hold her accountable and asked about, I can't, this was two years ago, so I can't remember the exact question, but I remember, like, I was so proud of her because, like, so we we talk about this fucking book. She was a sophomore at the time. She shows this fucking video made with her oh. white husband. Hey, when, I use the term video loose as fuck because it was a real montage of real people dying by the hands of real fucking policemen and called it art and made it with her white husband after presenting to us this book of microaggressions in which she never texted anyone. So Imani asked this question like, I basically like accountability was like the, the theme of it. And mm -hmm. she, Claudia Rankine was very much so like, not my responsibility. Like it was a very like aloof answer of like, young woman, you're trying to check me, but I am Claudia. And I was just like, and, and that was it. Like no one else after that, like, you know, second that or that uh surround style amplified mm -hmm. imani and it's just like still like that lady has been making money off that book and like it's literally this book of like her not holding her friends accountable for being fucking racist right. and saying microaggressions like no bitch to that magnitude if you can write a whole book about microaggressions your friends are racist like yeah. <laughs> what the Period. fuck and i think saic like i mean our school is probably a breeding ground for accountability because tenure is a thing and I remember my second semester at SAAC, my, the only other black girl in my program, um, she's in this class, and basically an assignment is students have to memorize five of these poems on this list. One of the poems is, I want to say it was a Sonia, Chances, Sonia Sanchez poem, I can't remember, but whatever poem it was, like the N-word is like heavily littered in there. So Janetta, the only black person, not just black woman, black person in this class, and probably the only person of color in the whole damn class. But, uh, yeah, because literally that's what the writing program was like: <laughs> white and two blacks. <laughs> um, but so I think it's maybe like seven poems to choose from, mm -hmm. and you got to memorize five. And one of the poems got the heavy N word, and like she she went to you know, d did, quote-unquote, what she's supposed to do, went to the department head, but he's tenured. He didn't get in trouble. His syllabus is his syllabus, and gratefully, like, her class understood and no one chose to do that poem. But, like, where's the accountability there? Because this nigga's tenured? Because he's been he provided, working he, from the same syllabus feel, for all like, these years? I feel like he provided a space for people to, to like, be problematic and say, say nigga. Right. Um, and, what, and then, like, my thing is, my question to that is, like, what if one of the white students had picked the poem? Right. What then if they what? Had read it? Now, now what happened? They if would somebody have been saying nigga every, every five words, and we all know Janetta would have went up there and popped their ass. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what it's, would have happened? Right. And then, but then that accountability would have been swift and quick. Right. She would have certainly got in trouble. And it's just like. They would have tried to expel her. It feels like a lot of like accountability, like, it's a very. 
it's a line graph about like your influence, your power, and like so that's just how accountable you're gonna be. I think. Have you been watching Boomerang on BT? Oh yeah. The episode. I think the they last did episode, a good. The, the Me Too episode. Right. I think they did a good job of like showing how polarizing, like how something so like it's black and white. Like this man like has had these in in the show have these multiple accounts of like, you know, touching women being inappropriate and still we have this spectrum of like five different people having all these different opinions because two of them work for the company, one's his daughter, uh, one person is queer. I don't know. So like two all people th- queer. Who is this? Oh yeah, right. Lala is too. Lala and Bryce are queer. Right. Um so it's just like so interesting, um, how like that's really what this is. Like accountability is very much like cause I even think about the situation with me and like um, his girlfriend and I met up, and she dead ass was saying, um, "I've seen him more aggressive than this." So that's, that's, that, that's fine. Proximity, like so, you you <laughs> even okay. see how that sounds? Like you're you trying to take away from what happened to me because yo nigga talks to you, whatever. <laughs> but I'm just his friend. I've I don't deserve that. I don't accept that. Okay. And I was, that that really just reminded me, like in that moment, like yo, there's no black and white to this shit is mm-hmm. always going to be about your past experiences with this mm-hmm. person, what this person can do for you, what this person has done for you, or mm-hmm. what this person going to do to you. And that's what's going to make... Because whenever we'd be arguing, I was telling my ex, yo, if my if one of... Some guy I used to talk to would have said that same thing to me or even something less, it would have been a problem. It wouldn't have been no... It's between y'all two to figure out. So right. proximity is such a... And I, I'm trying to think of... has I'm trying to think of the time someone held me accountable for something like... I can't really think of nothing. Um, we're looking across the street. We don't know what's going on. We're being nosy neighbors. I'm being, I'm a real nosy neighbor. I'm from Detroit. Um, I'm made to be nosy. Sorry, go ahead. No, that's <laughs> it. I think I think that's the bigger thing that I get from it. Like it's always gonna be like I don't. There's not gonna be a lot of bias when it comes to like holding. There's always gonna be bias when it comes to holding people accountable mm-hmm. um, because you feel how you feel about someone based off the relationship y'all have like built. Definitely. Um, I've, I don't know. I feel like that kind of takes us almost perfectly into high stand. Oh, yes. So that's that on that, y'all. Um, you know, hold yourself accountable. If you feel some type of way, then, like, you the problem. Like, people are allowed to talk openly and freely. I did not disrespect anyone. Yeah. You know, I'm telling... This is my fucking truth. This is shit I've really had to deal with for, what, the last, like, four months. Because, like, dead ass, someone decided it was, like, important for them, like, talk to me crazy. Yeah. Um, oh, also, wait, before we go into I stand, oh, I, I did ask um, via Facebook, via my personal Facebook, also the group Facebook, but whatever. Um, it literally just says, um, I have a question. How do you hold people accountable? How do you hold spaces accountable? How do you hold yourself accountable? How do you hold your community accountable? Mm. Um, uh, Devon Burt um, is a friend of mine from back in Detroit, a local activist and a scientist. Um, accountability is a two-way street. I don't think you can hold a person accountable they have, um, they have to be willing to be accountable and seek that healing. Mm. You can call someone out or whatever, but that doesn't mean they will be accountable. Accountability takes takes, cha- takes changing behavior. People have to be willing to change. Mm. Um, I do believe if push comes to shove that there is a transformative tactic to push someone to be accountable if need be, but that takes a lot of work and can get iffy because it looks different, and we live in an age where everybody got an opinion. Laugh my ass off. Um, um, Courtney Motley, who is a Chicago-based um, creative, she said, um, I feel like I first need to hold myself accountable before holding others accountable. I need to be convicted 
of what's right and open to learning from others. Once I learn and grow, only then can I hold others at the same standard, which I really, really enjoyed that she said that. Um, there were like two really long, yeah, long, I'm seeing, like, long comments. Somebody wants to hold somebody accountable. Well, one, you hear me? well I think Keanu McLean, if I'm correct, um, was a PhD student at Wayne State University, which okay. is the university I went to undergrad. Um, Emmanuel Green, who was a Chicago-based um, a student, um, creative poet, singer, like bomb-ass African dancer, mm-hmm. bomb. Um, he just talks about like something he's learned about um, something. Well, he said um, something I've learned working in white-ran educational nonprofit world that benefits many PLC is that accountability is very much rooted in who you're talking to and how you want them to understand you. Mm-hmm. Um, Child, that alone is everything. <laughs> um, on a people-to-people level, you got to be mindful of who you're talking to because some people just don't listen to people when when being talked to a certain way. To make to make sure you still get your point across, though, you can talk about what you've seen and what needs to be addressed. Show the receipts. Um, uh, see what they see what they've noticed about what you've brought up. Have them check the receipts and then express concern about what they're about what you're trying not to let happen. Um, yeah, like people are giving us great great responses. Yeah. There's one person who's a, who's a complete fucking troll. He's my friend. I love him. Mm-hmm. We um we uh we, we have a little we have a great like conversation like great friendship Be where we, we talk about niggas in our DMs. Mm-hmm. It's like our friendship has become us like. <laughs> Girl, I just got some dick. That's our friendship. That's hilarious. He really was like, y'all out here thinking accountability is real. <laughs> Couldn't be me. Damn. Like, Touche. I mean, I that's how I'm feeling. Like, I'm like I'm being vocal and I I do my part. But, like, I doubt Buddy ever get held accountable. Like, Buddy finna keep living his life the way he been living his life. Because, yeah. like, ultimately, like, Everybody I'm a black woman out. who got yelled at. And right. because I ain't get hit or spit on, like, it don't really matter. Right. Okay, so now that we went through all of that, um, again, the question is up on my personal Facebook, which is my name, Daryl D'Angelo Terrell, but it'll also be on our Instagram, uh, not Instagram, on our Facebook, um, which is solely just Contemporaries, the podcast. Um, so you can check our Facebook and like give us input, like what you feel in, give us like tell us experiences that you've dealt with. Um, so now we guess we can talk about I stand. Ooh. Um, if you looked at our Instagram before recording this, Kayo said our, our I stand is gonna solely just be a standing for the Rashad um Rashid Johnson film direct directed debut. Ooh. Um, um, which is a movie adaptation of Native Son. Uh-huh. I'm on um Ashton Sanders page right now. Can we just like first of all just shout out to the Moonlight Boys? Like, all I love three of them are doing yes. great things. Hallelujah! But. Is this is this first Ashton's first thing since Moonlight? I feel like I, what was he in? He was in some nose. He's been in a few other things. Yeah, but ooh, um, baby, baby. You know, you, know, you know who's been the actual the person who I feel like from the Moonlight cast from like the three from the three levels from the three stages of 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 um Chiron. Mm-hmm. The person who's been acting the most is, is Little. Is uh-huh. Little. Mm-hmm. He was in Black Panther. He's, He's currently on The Shy, which mm-hmm. also just came back yep, on. Yep, so I'm you haven't caught it. I know we got a lot it. to stand about today. My, let's just get into So you have you read Native Son by Richard So Wright? I read it in high school, which okay. is like over 10 years ago. So okay. I don't really remember okay. anything. I read it for my first time, my first semester at SAIC because it oh, was okay. just, you know those books that everyone's like, you haven't read that? And like... 
yeah, I was just and like, especially let me. You were being, you were a creative writing student, in so they were a like, black person in Chicago. Like, how have you not read Richard Brandon right, yeah. stuff? So I read that, and like, still one of my favorite books. And like, so let's just like literally start from beginning to okay. end, and like trying to do like back and forth between the books. So like, immediately like, well, I don't know why it took me so long, but finally I saw an HBO trailer maybe two weeks before it came out. I didn't realize that it was set in modern day. So yeah. like, right then I was like, I'm juice, like. I can't wait to see this. I know a friend of mine, G. Jordan, mm-hmm. he was like, he, he really was like, he didn't know how how to take it. See, and I I, I didn't know what to do with it, but I, I trusted Rasheed Johnson so much. Yeah. And then I saw Ashton, and I was like, okay, I'm sold. So the movie starts, and like right away, like, they're bigger from the book and big. They really are two different people because of time difference. Yeah. But it I still mean, works course. out because the... Big having this green hair and like this like rocker you aesthetic, know aesthetic yeah. is very much like it's it's that same language about bigger in the book in the sixties you know living like living like they they lived a little bit more modestly in the book um, the book actually opens with him like killing a rat with a skillet like it's way more gruesome than it is um, but is that still meekness in the both of them of like not belonging like being this black man like not feeling like they have a place in this world and like it's solely being about like being black and being male and like mm-hmm. that was like the first thing I felt like I was like this isn't bigger but this is still it was like his great great grandson yes <laughs> yes still being like into that's the crazy thing like the same emotions that Bigger felt about like you know not being accepted or feeling away because of capitalism or mm-hmm. whatever it's modern day but he's still feeling like that and yeah, I'm definitely. just like how do you feel about Sanaa and being mom? That's the first time we ever saw her be a mom, right? I don't think she's done that yet. Oh, damn, that is. Yeah, I think that's the first time we saw her be a mom. It's the first time seeing Sanaa Latham play a role that's not like the distraught daughter. Like, yeah, or daughter. like a strong uh, black lead. Black lead yeah, right. no. Um, I don't know. I, I found her, I found Sanaa Latham playing the mother to be really good. Mm-hmm. She she has this stillness to her. Okay. That I really Have you seen The Native Son? Like, I don't know who, there's actually a movie, but it's like, it closely follows the book, but Oprah plays the mom. Oh. Yeah, super old. Um, I haven't. Yeah, Oprah plays the mom in an older it, adaptation of you know Native what? Son. I, I don't know. I think, um, for one, I think whenever Oprah acts, she just acts very sternly. She's mm-hmm, she's just like mm-hmm. a bit hard when yeah. she acts to me. It's this scene in there where she's like begging the Daltons after like Bigger um, gets convicted, and like it's, it's intense because she like gets on her knees asking them not to press charges. So okay, that's mm-hmm. the beginning. So so far everything is like following up. I mean, they live in a little better, which is expected. Like I wouldn't expect for like a family to live in a studio the same way they did in the 1960s. So they of course. they live in a like, little better we house. We weren't expecting for them to be living in the same setting as like a raisin right, in the right. sun. Right, right. But that that's not a Chicago mouse. I've had a mouse in my house before. Child, that, no, that was, that was big a rat. That's big ass rat. That's not okay. <laughs> that's scary as fuck. If that was in my house, it's just like, damn, you really have to kill I these mean, things. I mean, no, that's a big ass rat. That I've was seen scary. them. I've seen them here in Chicago. In the house, though. Not, not in the house. Right. And I was just like, okay, which, 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 take which, your creative liberties. Yeah. No. Um. Can I don't we know. talk ahead. about? This is, I know that it's just like movie or whatever, but like he definitely was fresh as fuck to be, you know, some struggling <laughs> Southsider. You think he was fresh as fuck? Fresh as fuck! Did you see all this nigga's clothes? I thought his styling was good. I don't think he was like fresh as fuck. So it could have been like thrifted goods that yeah. he just really like Cause like up. the way he was dressed reminds me a lot of like the thrift mm-hmm. niggas. He definitely that was super fresh to me. Hard. I was like, okay, we see you. Yeah. Um. Okay, so we, we get that opening scene, kills the rat, and you see he on bullshit because he like 
running around with the rat trying to scare his sister, which happens in the book too. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, so what's right after that? Does he go? He goes. He well, it goes from that to him like riding his bike around. He runs into Bessie at the at the salon and she's either opening or locking the door. Did you know right away that girl from? I didn't know until later in this the movie girl that from Bell, Bell Street. Street. It took me in her voice because and even in the she every scene she looked different. I was like that is dope. They did some fucking costume yeah, on this no, girl. The, it took me her voice like maybe like thirty minutes in. So, I'm like that's baby girl. So uh, I I she's also somebody who has this very soft. Mm-hmm. demeanor to her mm-hmm, which is mm-hmm. what like the, the softness that she had is off all of the softness I feel like that um, Sinai Latham had as a mother but okay. her softness was much more immature much more mm-hmm. much more baby like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, but like she also speaks in this really soft mm-hmm. voice that's how I knew it was her I was like this is baby girl but like even I, I will say like the scenes where she would catch attitudes mm-hmm. I feel like she didn't have enough attitude for me okay okay like, when she was like, I thought she was at work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's like, oh, I am at work. But I, I wanted her to be like, so, I thought she was at work. I, I don't know why I wanted But I think that. it's purposeful, because I, I can't remember the scene, but I think there was there was such a soft scene with the two of them. Like, um, he, he was just so in love with her. Like, I think he had his head in her lap or something, and I'm just like, yeah, like, just portraying black love to be beautiful. Like, mm-hmm. it being like, he he's going through this stuff in the world and, like, not feeling this place, but, like, he really loves this, like, black woman. Yeah. And she loves him and, like, chooses to always um, lead with love. Like, yeah. Even though she was mad, like, yeah. let me lead with love because I get that, like, there's all this other shit going on. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so, I, for one, Rashid is not slick. Mm-hmm. Right. The all amount art. of art. Oh, my goodness. So, why, I didn't why, start seeing it to the Dalton house. Is it before then? No, it's, it's that's when it kicks in. Okay, okay, that's when I started there's seeing like, it. There's, like... He is a piece from him. There is Amy, uh, Amy Sheard mm-hmm. piece. There's a Candy Wiley piece in there somewhere. There is a Henry Taylor piece in there. There's a lot yeah, of amazing like, black art. You better call on your friend. So like, so like as like as artists, my mm-hmm. that was the person that, that was the first like visual uh-huh. thing that really stood out. I mean, right. outside of it being outside Beautiful. of the film being visually oh, gorgeous, God. which was to be expected because it's right. Rashid Johnson. Right. Um, but it was just like when I saw it, I thought it was shit was so funny, and I actually went into like this conversation with myself about like white people owning black black art, or right, owning right. blackness. Right, right, because it was beautiful, and then, but then like and it was then all hi- and, and then like him, him hiring a black body. So it was, it was like I'm thinking I actually went into this conversation of like the consumption of of blackness, mm. um, like with myself at least. But then, um, like you said, like. Little's green hair, I thought was a very interesting, interesting thing. I also made me think about dyeing my hair a different color. I want my hair to be purple so bad. Mm. Um, but the daughter was very, st- she was like very abrasive from mm-hmm. the jump, mm-hmm. and I was just like, this girl is tripping. And again, That's like, how like she I said, like I have book. not watched, yeah. the, I have not read the book in so. I think I was like in tenth grade yeah. when we had to read the book. Tenth grade for me was what two thousand six. Girl, it's so interesting because actually the ago. movie helped me understand a little better because in the book bigger talks about how he hates mary and not for any reason other than like the her being rich and white well and asking these questions because in the book she's a, into communism like that was like because i mean um and she asked him if he's a part of a union but i think this movie helps better explain because she's like she asked him if he's marching and then she's like oh you must be too busy to march and like as a black person, like we understand that like fucked up shit going on in the world. But why? But why do you always expect for us to be the ones out here rallying? Right, and then like so bigger, not 
in that moment being like, everyone in this room knows how fucked up the world is. And like this lady is assuming that because of my black body, I like, I'm, you know, trying to make this change. And like, mm-hmm. that's not necessarily like, he's living this. Like he ain't really right. out here trying to, and that it made it so easy for me to understand like that, like disdain for someone who like, you, you know, nothing about me or my story. My and here you are trying to like, ask me, am I out here marching? Right. And then like low key judging that I'm not. And right. I'm just like, no. And also, it's so I appreciate. I was I was just like, how are they gonna handle this? Cause the book actually that shit happens all in one night. The first night, bigger is higher is the night that he suffocates her on accident. Oh. So it was nice that the movie spread let them out. have a, a little bit more of a relationship. So I will say, watching the movie, I was like, this should have been a mini series. We should Someone have, we should have had like that. four to five episodes. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like to flush it out a bit more because I, I do feel like within the movie. Um, I won't say there are plot holes, but I felt like there were parts in which it was like zoomed over, in which mm. like we could have, I would have as a viewer would have liked more. Mm-hmm. Like what? Um, I don't know, like because I again I don't remember much of the movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't, don't remember, bleh, remember remember much of the, the book. book. Uh-huh. But I'm I'm sure like for one the 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 interaction with Big and the blind mother was so fucking awkward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but also, like, there is, like, there was, like, a it, it was alluded that Big would get along with Mr. Dalton, mm-hmm. but we never got much of okay, that. friendship, right, right. Um, so there was that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what, all I can think of right now is the murder. Right. And so, I was, that's my favorite, like, read, I used to reread that page in the book because the shit is so crazy. It's like, I wrote a poem about this before, like, Bigger is so scared of white people because all he had, because he's so scared because imagine, like, this drunk daughter, you know, you or, just, in this t- or in this case, the daughter tripping on Molly. Right. And it's like, all he should have been like was, Mrs. Dalton, I'm in the room. You're her driver. If she was drunk while she was out, you helped her up to her room, but... This, like, it, him living in two different Americas and, like, not being able to, like, spend time around white people. And then when he is he around white to, people, he's, like, react. meek and he's so afraid. And it's, like, yo, all this shit happened because, like, because he's scared. Yeah. Because um, it, fear. It's, it's, that, it's fear, flight, and fate, the three chapters of the book. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, I, I can't believe every time that scene happens, it's, like, all he had to do was say, Miss Dalton, Mary got drunk. This buddy put a pillow over so, her head. And, and then, okay, so I know what you want. I screamed. That's how. That that's exactly how the book goes. Like I was watching, I'm looking like, Grant's. I'm okay. He's trying to silence her. I was like, why right. is he suffocating right. her? I was like, he don't, he don't, he's killing her. He's fucking killing her. Oh my god, he's killing her. And yes. I remember hitting the space button on my computer and walking away from oh my computer. Oh my god, yeah, that seems intense. And I was like, he just fucking killed her. Yes. Oh my god. And my first thought was like, just leave her, in, leave her in the bed. Right. Leave her in the bed and make it she seem like... She suffocated on some... Girl, I want to tell you, I was like, leave her in the bed make it seem like, make it seem like you know, she um, she passed out. Or, right, she took that molly and, like, like she, Right. Yeah. Or, um, I was like, you know, and then once I'm dragging her, I was like, gonna put her in the car and take her somewhere. No. And tell me to that fucking basement. Yes. And my first thing was like, is he probably chop her body and put her under the cold? Like, I was yeah. like... I was like, all of these really, really extremes... And that's all. Pick her body up and try to stuff that her scene into the was furnace. Eerie as fuck, girl. And this is something everybody on Twitter was saying. Mm-hmm. 
The smell. The smell of yeah. burning body yeah. is apparently the most disgusting smell you can mm. ever smell. Worse than the Duran food. Yeah. Even in the book, they don't talk about that, though. So maybe there's something with the furnace. Is so it that's, like a that's, and that's what I, no, And that's what I was thinking. Yeah. I was thinking about modern time, most of us have central heating. Right. In which the heating is blown through. Right. But heating in a house that's radiators, you don't smell shit. Yeah. Because that heat from the furnace right. is only boiling water that's being shot through right, your radiators right, right, in your room. Yeah. So you don't smell shit. Yeah. And it, which I think was interesting. I thought that was interesting, like, watching the movie. She was like, um, um, yeah, we keep trying to get him to switch over to a more up-to-date right, right. Um, heating system. But, you know, if it don't break, don't fix it. Right. And I was just like... I was like, but damn, y'all, like, a coal furnace? Yeah. Like, I mean, I mean, granted, like, they're probably, like, in, well, and that's even interesting, too, because actually in the book, they live in, like, Hyde Park. They live in, like, uh, 47th and Cottage Grove. And, like, I, I mean, like, maybe it's just Artistic Liberty, but he rode the train towards Howard. Um, on the When he went to their house, like, the first time, he was, like, super south or super north. But actually in the book, like, he was on the south side. Oh, so, like, that. that's super interesting. Also, speaking of, the movie movie theater that's around the corner from my house mm. is in the movie. Ooh, cute. Yeah. yeah he the was new, on the north the, side. The, the, new four, the new 400 theater. Mm-hmm. That's so, you know, in the book, they, like, it's... They like masturbate inside the movie theater. The boys, right? So that's like, but oh, and that's why oh, it's so wait. much. Wasn't it? Wasn't it? Was it an adult theater in the movie? No, it was. They were just on that, like inside a regular movie theater. But that same like um, disdain for society and like being this like misfit was when they walked in front of the the screen. So like, like Rashid, he did it so stage. well. Like, I was just, I'm so fucking impressed because like the mm-hmm. book, like they're two different stories. But the same emotions are being portrayed by like what these people are feeling like, right. but their actions are like more current. Because right. even like, so he doesn't like rape and kill Be- Bessie with a brick, but does he kiss her and she doesn't want to be kissed? Um, she wakes up, he tries to kiss her. She said, "No, I'm here with you because mm. I'm here with you, but I cannot." Right, right, right. And he tries to kiss her again, and she says, "Stop." He cho- he grabs her by the neck and tries to force mm. it. Um, they start arguing. Then she runs. He gets up. He gets up. Runs after her. He catches her, and starts to strangle her. Right, right, right. And she's crying. With then when she said, "You gonna kill me too?" You, 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 so you go. So you just gonna kill me too? And he let her go, and she ran. Ooh, what's her name? Um, Kiki something. Uh, Kiki Lane. Kiki Lane. K i k i l a y n e. I love her, and yeah, her voice. That's exactly how I know her. Yeah. Thirty minutes in, I'm like, who? Oh, this got to be Bell Street Girl, but she looks so different. She's gorgeous. Like she does not she's have just, one look. She got. She's also just fucking gorgeous. She is versatile, I hate honey. That dress, that dress is so ugly. That blue dress is so. That looks like so basic. But Ashton Sanders, yes, yes, yes. Um, everyone, Chef's Kiss, Rasheed Johnson, you did the thing. Uh, if y'all listen to this, y'all might as well go watch, watch the, the movie. Film. It's on HBO. So um, if you're on HBO, go. You can watch it. What else? Um, um, I think just like, yeah, I think as I was watching it, I was like, yo, this is my new favorite Chicago movie, Beating Love Jones. That's oh, hard wow. to say. Beating Love I mean, Jones. Love Jones beat Chirac for you, so hey. Well, yeah, Chirac <laughs> my shit, but Love Jones definitely way better than Chirac. Yeah, oh, definitely. Um, and Native Son definitely better than the both of them. Right. I'm trying to think. I think that's, 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 that's like it? the bulk of my standing. Um, I think previously before this, um, the one book and movie combo that I loved a lot was The Outsiders. But Ooh, this okay. definitely has... Cause, and that one, it follows it, like, so perfectly. But this, though it's not, like, this perfect, like, following of, like, the story inside, mm-hmm. it 
the same message. And okay, I guess we'll talk about the killing him at the end. Like, I think he wanted that though, because like he wouldn't take his hands out of his pocket, or whatever. No, he was starting to say he was taking them out of his pocket, and oh, he, he said, "Don't do it," and then he shot. I hate. Uh, it's just like. I don't know. I I'm a screenwriter, and I think like I'm I buy into you know creating a world, and if I get to create a world, I'm not gonna like recreate the things that happen all the mm-hmm. time. Like black men keep getting shot by cops, and like people keep getting cancer. So like I'm not gonna keep writing that into yeah. my script. Stop. Yes. Can we please stop writing people dying of cancer? It's so police? it's so lame. It's just at the very least like create. A new disease, like it's that's what the that's what TV is. You're supposed to be creating a new world, or or just like have them die of old age. Oh wow, <laughs> whoa, oh my, wow. <laughs> I mean, I understand like stories need to have a climax, but does the right. climax always have to? Yeah, be Yeah, get your big. Y'all just wait till these my movies come out. Like my romance films don't be rooted in trauma. It be all light and love, and it should be good. Like mm-hmm. that's valid television. Um, but that is our stand. Um, As collectively, we are standing Daddy. HBO's Native Son, directed by Y'all did that shit, G. Also, you know Rashid Johnson's alumni of SAAC? Yeah, he got his honorary degree the but, same day as my graduation. But he also, like, went there for his yeah. master's in photography. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Classes, I think he was 06 or 07. Yeah. Winning. Yeah. All right, people, we will be right back. We're going to take a break. Um, yeah. talk about our practices in so long because we always have well, guests we love guess. our guests but we do we artists too yeah that, very that <laughs> we like talking very that very, very much that. that um i can start yeah go ahead so i submitted my first ever submission to anything like a journal anything i submitted to a first book prize okay. a manuscript called a bronzeville basement which was my thesis that i like worked on a little bit more and i'm so excited but the crazy thing is about like this whole submission thing is first of all it costs twenty dollars that's not bad no and second of all i don't find out till october though like how do this that's is nerve-wracking like how do people do this like for a professional i will say a, a, a tip i've gotten from people when it comes to like waiting mm-hmm. for responses mm-hmm. it's forget that you applied mm, right apply then because, just like because like if you like apply and just leave think it about like, it think right. about something else mm-hmm. because like you know when that time come and It'll, like in this case we're gonna say you're, you like you're, talking, and you're gonna get it right right it'll be like a shocking I got it mm-hmm, oh mm-hmm. my god I even applied yeah. girl that happens to me once mm-hmm. I applied for a fellowship and forgot I applied for it and you got an email one day I got an email and was like you are a, you're, you're, you're a curly on the wait list and I was ah! like wait for what and I like, right. went through my emails and was like oh yeah. 
I fucking completely forgot I yeah. spent $30 on this application. <laughs> like, oh Yeah, my. no, I'm super excited. I feel like I'm not super anxious. It's because I'm, like, releasing books in the meantime. Yeah. But it's just kind of crazy to think about. So, But also, you should submit that same thing to other other. Um, no, because it, it makes you have to say if you're doing the consecutive or whatever it's called. And, like, that's the only thing I really care to win. So I'm cool. Mm-hmm. I like self-publishing. Okay. Um, because then, like, you know, I submit and I got to wait again opposed to... Um, self-publishing my second book or my second book of the year but like actually my fifth ever self-published book um that's going to be set to be released the end of may okay we'll give more info and then like so my weed and read which would you call it a smoking something uh, it's yeah. like in my mind it's still happening but like logistically like it's just like having finding like weed's not legal in illinois so like finding, i've been like a space yeah i like i'm in talks with my friends and like low-key trying to like Coerce my dad into it because like his his house will be perfect because like the living room does we can your, clear does out. Your dad smoke? He does. Oh, okay. Um, and we've recently like that's been like this new banter between us like this conversation about like smoking which that two years ago Never. I was hiding my weed in a deodorant like whenever I like went over to his house. So yeah, so I'm I'm still wanting that to happen because basically I want to. Um, share poems with this from this new collection and just like get people talking about it because that won't be my official book launch. I'm having an official book launch and then four additional events and I need people to show up. So I'm yeah. just trying to like get people like excited and talking about it. Yeah. So the weed and read like um, it's definitely gonna be very speakeasy like invitation only by phone call if it happens. Yes, um, phone call. Yeah. You better have a pen and paper to write this address down. Right. Um. But that's like the bulk of it. I'm just like really um out here. Mm-hmm. Publishing poems, and I actually do want to share. So I I try to keep up with this um August. Or, well, April is like po- National Poetry Month, and I was trying to write a poem every day. But y'all, I like came back from Atlanta. I had to move out of my apartment. So so far, I only got two poems, I mean, but they two good ass poems, and I kind of want to share them on, yeah. on the motherfucking podcast or whatever. So this piece is called Housewife, and the cool thing about these poems is I'm like writing them the same day, revising twice and posting them in comparison to for the last two years, all I've been doing is like writing full collections. So like I write a poem and I revise that thing 30 times before anyone even sees it. So like it's just different to just write and share because that's how I started off like when I used to write poems for Tumblr. So yeah, it's cute. And I feel like these are always like so much more emotion than like the poems that like heavily revised. Housewife. Blindly she had chiseled herself into a housewife. As he became her surrogate, birthing her delight only sometimes. He was always busy. She was always doing. The housewife lost a memory. Each week she was the only one to do the dishes. She read I Know Why the Cage Bird Sings in its entirety after each trip to the grocery store and could now recite entire chapters by heart. She tunneled deep in her purse looking for her friends. The housewife was dizzy and only 26. It had finally occurred to her that she wasn't even married just in love with a man that she knew was never going to buy the cow. Ooh, I wrote that in like 15 minutes, you feel me? Yo, that last, did you hear my, my gas after the um, last line? <laughs> just in love with a man she knew was never going to buy the cow? Yeah. Oh, These my child. sad girl poems? Okay, then this is another one, Dignity. Left it in his sock drawer, searched for it using only her tongue, licked his heels just for attention and understanding. She had tricked herself into believing that just because she was strong enough and full of lavender that the constant backbreaking was okay. She had learned the hard way that even a flower repotted will grow and bloom, discovered that shedding skin still made you with somebody, then one day 
spontaneously. She opened the fridge, ate an apple, smiled at her new reflection in the stainless steel. The time had finally passed. She was healed. Ooh, Kyle got emotions, and that, that's that. Uh, yeah, so I'm just excited. I'm, I have been talking to people who uh, came to my last book launch and brought my last book, Black Girl Privilege, and I think it's just a thing as artists. Like, I read those poems, and I'm like, whack, whack. Like, where's the artsmanship? Like, this is just emotions. And I just, I think I've improved so much. I mean, and it makes sense. I got an MFA, and I spent two years, like, writing poems. $105,000 so right. So it makes sense that I'm better, but it's so reaffirming because the people who randomly brought Black Girl Privilege up to me, they're like, oh, I've been reading on my commute, and, like, these poems still hit. So, like, even though, like... I feel like I've, like, grown and evolved. Like, that stuff still matters and it's still valid and people yeah. still fucking with it. So, yeah, I'm just, like, feeling real good. I'm I'm a poet. Like, I've even put it in, like, my Instagram bio these days. Like, I don't know. I feel like I used to, like, have hella imposter syndrome. But at this point, I got two full poetry manuscripts down, working on two more. Like, yeah, I'm a fucking poet. Like... It is what it is. I can write poems, really good poems, in 15 minutes and share them just as good as I can, like, create and curate a whole collection. So, like, I'm out yeah. here. Y'all gonna get poems from the girl. Kayo got shit to say. Kayo got emotions. Yeah. And that's that. I'm yeah. back from Atlanta. No more no more sabbatical. I'm back on my bullshit. No you more feel vegan. Me. Oh. <laughs> I've been eating. Eating chicken. <laughs> What's up with you, D? Um, girl... This past um, two weeks <laughs> has been a lot. Um, for those of you who are local, you probably already know, but people who aren't local, um, I uh, collaborated with um, a local artist, Derek Tomorrow, also with um, Zakia Najiba, who was our, our guest. Episode six. Episode six. And That's another awesome. amazing artist by the name of Charles. I can never remember his last name, so forgive me. We collaborated with, we collaborated with Derek was my own performance called Box of 64, which is a performance he did at the Museum of Contemporary Art Chicago. Um, so, you know, your girl is, I guess, yes. a performance artist to some extent. And performed <laughs> at the MCA, of like, all places, what? So, you know, that 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 was a progress. Uh, oh, no, not progress, that, that was a process. Um, and the show itself was great. Um, the day after that, which so that was last Monday and last Tuesday. Um, last Wednesday, I got the opportunity to see, to meet, um, a, a current inspiration of mine by the name of Jen and Kuru. Okay. She gave an artist talk at, um, the Gene Sisko Theater, which is affiliated with the School of the Arts in Chicago, which is where I attended grad school. Well, both of us attended grad school. Wow. Um, but also where I work. Um, and... You know, she just talked about, like, her film, um, Rebirth, Black Star, Rebirth Necessary. She also talked about her work with um, filmmaker, uh, with musician Kamati Washington. Mm-hmm. Also with another filmmaker, um, Nina Cherry, I think. I could be could be pronouncing her name wrong completely, unfortunately. Um, but she also just talked, she spoke a lot about blackness, but thinking about blackness outside of its physical form. So, mm-hmm. like... So, like, think about artists who, like, she was, she brought this, this this theory of, like, artists making work about black identity, but, like, what is it like, like, what is, what is blackness out beyond our skin, okay. our physical, okay. our physical contributions, like, mm. outside of our, 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 our hair follicles, our skin, our melanin, mm. our hips, like, what is blackness outside of our bodies? Okay. Um, 
So like blackness beyond blackness was a term that was mm. used. Um, she also spoke a lot about Arthur Jaffa. Mm-hmm. Um, spoke a lot about um, she's she brought up France Fanon, who um, is the writer behind the book. He's a he's a French um, sociologist, but um, who wrote wrote a book called um, Black Skin White Mask, which is uh, very much about assimilating black assimilation within white spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, um, there was that. Um, my friend Jamila Henson, who was the the um, the guest on episode seven, which is the last episode. Um, if you guys remember, we spoke about her um, curating a show um, that was titled Stillness that opened up at Intuit Museum of Outsider Art mm-hmm. that opened this past Thursday. So we all went out for that. Um, the show was great. Um, it showed um, a, a Detroit favorite of mine. Her name is Judy Bowman, who is a retired school principal who makes these really beautiful like paper collages. Uh, remind me very much of like the black art you will find in like our our, our grandparents' houses okay, okay. in like the nineties, nineties or two thousands. Besides that, um, I oh I went to a lecture yesterday. Um, Fo Wil- Wilson, mm-hmm. who is a professor at Columbia College of Chicago, currently has a solo show at High Park Art Center. She, oh, had, she had an artist okay. talk, mm-hmm. and that was all about space. Um, but like sp- like space as a place to heal for black people. Um, so we talked about like um, like um, healing um, for queer femme people. Um, it was just a really beautiful talk. Mm-hmm. Um, the show was minimum yet very busy, which I thought mm-hmm. was really really beautiful. Interesting. Um, so I went to that last night. Um, I'm a part of a collective with Zakia. Mm-hmm. Um, um, what is it? Um, collective. Uh, it's like um, it's, it used to be called. Um, Exposure, but now it's um, something else. It's like mm-hmm. um, collective of concern, oh, concerned image maker, concerned black, concerned black image maker. There you okay, go. I like so that. So CBIM mm-hmm. is a collective of black um, lens-based artists here in Chicago. I'm a part of the collective. Um, Zakia and G. Jordan are some of the founder, or are the founders of the collective. We're having our, um, I guess, our first technical like meetup Cute. this um, this weekend Yay. here at my house. I'm hosting. Community is so important. Like very important. I was actually talking to someone last night, and um, uh, we were we were talking about Forty Eight Laws of Power, and then that like kind of turned into because like he like actually read the book and like mm-hmm. knows that like basically all those laws are they tell you not to do those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically saying, like, he he's weary of, like, people who are, like, hermits or, like, people who are, like, super recluse because, like, that's valid and you, like, should recharge and, like, should be able to, like, recharge but yourself. If but, like, always like that, something. Right, are you, are you breeding isolation or a prison for yourself? Yeah. And, like, one of the laws being, like, basically, like, when you become this person of habit and, like, to yourself, your enemies, all they got to do is surround your apartment. You stay home all the time, all yeah. your enemies got, that's they, your they only you place, at. right? So I was like, that's so true. I think my last relationship, um, my ex was a little like, I'm so social, like that's just naturally how I am, but I had become such a recluse because our home had became like our little fortress. But mm-hmm. like, since I, we've been broken up, I've been out here, like I've been, I'm always at a friend's Girl, house. Right. I tried to call you to hang out with you yesterday. You was like, yeah, I'm out. I'm, I'm, like, I'm out. out here and it's like, it's so it's so interesting. Like, I yeah. that's not who I am. Like, I'm totally like an outside person. Like, I'm always, I'm trying to hang out with you. I'm trying to be at the museum. Um, yeah, and just, like, interesting, like, people get so caught up in that and, like, this yeah. individuality and, like, no, be part of collective, be yeah. a part of the community, like, it's such an important part, especially as artists, like, yeah. I know, how you gonna be an artist and hang out with yourself all the time, yeah, like. definitely. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, so we have a meeting this this weekend at my house I'm, I'm hosting. Ooh! 
Um, it's gonna be cute. So like you know, everyone's bringing like a flash drive, and we're gonna look at each other's yes. work and get, get like quick little critiques. I don't want it mm-hmm. to be nothing too strenuous. Right, 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 like right, right. we're not in fucking grad school right. or school at all for that for that matter. Uh, but yeah, we're gonna do that. We're gonna smoke some weed. We're gonna watch Jen and Kuro's Black Tires Necessary. Okay. <laughs> we're gonna watch um, Kamasi Washington as Told by God. Okay. And then because I'm hosting, I choose the feature length man. We're mm-hmm. watching Baps. Yes! I, I just them. watched I Baps that like movie. a little while ago, actually. I have it on my computer. It's so good. It's yeah. So good. I like randomly um, watched that maybe it's like three also, weeks ago. That was also like my childhood movie. It was like. My childhood movies was Babs, Crossroad, which has Zoe Saldana and Britney Spears in it. Okay, I know that one. It was an MTV movie. Hardball. That's my shit. um, When when the baby got shot. G-Baby. G-Baby got shot. And then the last one was Spice World. Oh, my God. Oh, and Sister Sister Act 2. Okay, okay. So. Okay. uh, But yeah, no, that's like my practice right now. Um, Yay. We still out here being artists. No big deal. No, I'm happy. I'm finally in a space. So I quit my my retail job Mm -hmm, within mm -hmm. the past month. So I'm finally... It's so interesting. So Jen and Karu said... um, the difference between rich people and people who are not rich outside of just the money is the access is the access they have um, to time to mm-hmm. which they can just think, mm. right? So to a certain extent, like to be rich, it's not always about money, but it's about time. Right, right. Time for you to think and have ideas and process things mm-hmm. like. Us working class people, we don't get the opportunity to just sit, rest, and think because mm-hmm. we're always thinking about where we'll get our next check. Mm-hmm. Um, so with me quitting my last job, um, I'm working working this this job at the Art Institute or at SAIC, and I have this opportunity. Like I'm off work every day before five, like mm-hmm. by five at the latest. Right. So I'm like, shit, yo, I'm actually. I'm free. But I got time to think. Right. So, like, I'm actually making work. Like, I'm actually, I haven't taken, like, I just told somebody recently, I honestly have not taken a photo since grad school. No! And you've just been, so, ever, all the work you've been I've showing, been showing is work has been you work did. I made in grad school. I mean, that's impressive in itself, too, but, like, I get why you would want to make new stuff. Yeah, I mean, granted, I mean, specifically, I haven't taken a photo. I've made, like, okay, a, I've right. had, I, you know, I've been writing, mm-hmm, I have, mm-hmm, I've made a, I made a short video. Right. Um, I've been performing and I have been um, painting, okay. but nothing on the scale of what I was doing while I was in grad school. Mm-hmm, and I'm mm-hmm. back in that space where I want to like, right? I want to take photos. I'm really interested in like storytelling a lot more, like really telling these fucking stories mm-hmm, over mm-hmm. and over and over again. So um, that's what I'm doing right now. And I feel good. I'm planning on going home. Yeah, possibly for Easter. Okay, is the weather better there or same? It's the same. It's actually actually a bit worse. Oh my god. Detroit. Detroit is oddly more, much more colder than Chicago. Like in springtime. No, all year. Just in general. Wow, I didn't know that. Like my mom called me like, "Oh, baby, yes." It's negative 100 here, my girls. Negative 100. I was like, negative 30 here. Ooh, I need to move to Chicago. Oh, it's warm a day. I'm like, it ain't really that much. I'm warm. already looking outside, like, looking at this wind. Like, I'm going to be mad as fuck. I don't got no underpants on. Girl. I don't. I didn't think. <laughs> damn, it's April. Like, I I got him a sweater and jeans and fucking Tim's. Yeah. I know. I had to put my long johns on today. Yeah. Um, Especially since yesterday I was out here with motherfucking sheer stockings and a skirt on. Mm-mm. Feeling good. I had a good-ass day yesterday. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Thank God for good weather. When this when this city, literally, I went to the MCA, walked down Michigan Ave, 
to Millennium Park. Like, that is a good, like, just chit-chatting with a really good artist friend. Like, I had a nice-ass time yesterday. Wow. Hung out at the Bean, like, had deep conversations about us. Like, that's just, like, what Chicago's about. The movie us? Mm -hmm. Right. No, nigga, not us. Kyle (laughs) is out here thotting and bopping. Ain't no babe. Mm. Okay. This is Kyle rebranded as a thought. (laughs) (laughs) And on that note... Um, thank y'all so much for listening to Contemporaries. Yay! We're here. Um, Daryl and I, we love, I love doing this. It's like one of the highlights of my weeks. Like, um, so yeah, I hope you same. all enjoy listening. We really love art. Share with your friends. We get a penny for every listen. Please rate, comment, and review. Those things matter. Follow us on Instagram. Leave us comments. Like our posts. Um, we love y'all. Yeah. All the other good shit. All right, y'all. Peace. Bye.